Hey, everybody, it's Locked On Sports Minnesota. I'm Ron Johnson, and this is the Friday Roundtable. It's a rainy day in Minnesota, but you know what? Who cares? Champagne's everywhere. People are celebrating. Kids are, are dancing in schools. Uh, jerseys are being purchased at retailers because Minnesota sports is excited, at least for now. You got the Minnesota Vikings and the Chiefs. You got the Gophers in Michigan. And then you got the Twins and the Astros. A lot of sports going on in Minnesota. But hey, one Minnesota team beat a Dallas team, Houston, Texas team, or Dallas, Texas team. Can another one do it? Hey, again, I'm Ron Johnson. This is a roundtable. That's Reggie Wilson, CARE 11. We got Sam Ekstrom, but we got to get locked in on these topics, fellas. What you got for us, Reggie? Twins took 19 years to win a playoff game, and then they win two. Are you serious? They're going on to Houston. Do they have a chance? Do the Vikings have a chance on Sunday against the defending Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs? I've got the recipe for how the Vikings can win this game. I feel like it's a do they have a chance day. Like, do the Gophers have a chance to beat the University of Michigan? It happened in 1986. Ricky Foggy and Daryl Thompson made it happen. And now the Gophers get another chance. P.J. Fleck has beat some big teams. We know that he slayed some Giants. It's happened with Glenn Mason on Ohio State. Everybody's done it. Penn State took a tumble at number two. The Gophers did that as well in 1999. Can the Gophers knock off a Giant again? We'll talk about that and much more coming up on the roundtable. And just remember, this episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics to treat 50-plus infections. Five, zero, 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E, medical.com. Well, let's jump into the show, fellas. Reggie, kick it off for us. So I was there both nights when the Twins did what they did. You know, not a whole lot from the bats, but they got some clutch hitting when they needed them to. And then Toronto, I don't understand what the heck they were doing in game two, especially with some of the decisions that they that they made. We saw uh, former twin Berrios get pulled after he was absolutely dealing, he comes out and walks Royce Lewis, and they're like, all right, that's enough. That's it. We're done with him. And uh, we <laughs> we were making a joke <laughs> because uh, of Hard Knocks. They they brought a dude in named Kikuchi. So I was <laughs> like, man, the Kikuchi board came in, and it was not it was not a good day for him. He came up, loaded the bases, Carlos Correa, with the clutch single brings in a run Willie Castro. He uh, brings in a run on a double play and the, the twins pitching shut it down and Carlos Correa look, wasn't too crazy with the bat, but he was able to get that clutch hit as I said, but he more than paid off for this team with the glove that game one play where Polanco missed the grounder. Correa's just charging. It's like, dang, I thought this dude had a foot injury. He's charging, bare hands it, throws it home, gets the runner at, at home, uh, which which was a huge play in the game to, to stop a run. And then in game two, Sonny Gray turns around, boom. Why Vladimir Guerrero thought that he should have been, like, off base like that in the first place? It's like, dude, you, you know, you got to know what it is that, 
you do well. Like you hit the baseball very far, but running the bases may not be your expertise. He got caught slipping and Correa tagged him out. That was an incredible play. And the Twins, look, so many people said the Twins are a different team. And it's mostly because this pitching is as good as it's been in a long time. You got top 10 in a lot of statistical categories this season. And they are going to be who anchor this team going down to Houston, which is why I feel like they have a chance. If the pitching can be as lights out as it was in that first series, here in the playoffs when things slow down and everything just becomes a little bit more amplified, I feel like that will give them a chance. But these bats have to wake up. Outside of Royce Lewis in game one, not a whole lot of production from the bats. Outside of those two hits in game two, not a whole lot of production out of the bats, just like scattering hits throughout the the game. They got to be able to put some things together because Houston is a team that threatens you early and often, and they got danger all up and down the lineup. What is nice is the Twins did win the regular season series four games to two, so that gives people a little bit of hope, but, you know, the postseason is a whole different beast. It's going to be a fun series, very interesting series starting off this weekend. Reg, what, what did you wear during the champagne party? Did you do goggles and a raincoat, or what was your kind of approach there? I'm curious. Okay, so people were making fun of me because I came there with the suit jacket and, you know, chinos or whatever, but I had the the leather shoes on because i'm like look that can repel anything i'm not wearing anything cloth material and then when i got there my boy tom and uh dane they had ponchos on i was like dang y'all y'all didn't y'all didn't think about your boy you know (laughs) and then they were like you know what actually we did here's another one so i took my suit jacket off threw a poncho on my glasses were kind of like my built-in shield for the eyes Mm -hmm. and i went in there prepared and I was good. Yeah. I only got hit like a couple different times, but my photographer, JT, he was in the mix and he was just, man, he smelled like a brewery when we got back to the station. <laughs> um, That's wild. It's been too long. It's been too long since the twins had this happen. The city deserved it. Um, The Vikings have, have won some playoff games in the last few years. Yes. But a Minnesota major team, big four sports hasn't won a playoff series of any kind. In eight years, in the Wild in 15, that's the last time a series was won. And you had the big you know, release of emotion and the tension of a playoff series. There's nothing like it. Watching those games in the late innings, sweating out every pitch. And the Twins came up big time and time again. So many big defensive plays. Correa in game one, going to get that loose ball. Um, Correa in the pickoff play. Solano with the diving stop to end game one. Michael A. Taylor with two great catches in game one. They they came up big. Pitching, the defense, fantastic. Now can the bats come alive? I'm hoping they saved the offense for the Houston series. Um, but but I can't wait to see what happens here. It feels like there's a lot of real momentum with this team. And I think the city's on fire for them. So I hope they come back here in games three and four at home. And I hope these fans are just as loud because I think the the buy-in is real about this team right now. 
Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with both of you. I think the biggest thing with this, and I'm, I'm just looking at old uh, Philadelphia Phillies uh, highlights. And here's why, why I say that. Uh, you guys kind of talked before the show, and I was kind of thinking about that myself. When the Timberwolves won the playing game with Pat Beverly, they overdid the celebration for a playing game. When you play a play in baseball series, the, the first three games, I, I get it. I get the like a jubilation. I get the like they they've probably heard the media talk about how long it's been. Uh, you know, it, it's probably been since the Titanic, uh, since they won a playoff series. Um, you, you talk about the emotion of like everybody doubting them, even like saying like, "Oh, this is an even matchup," and they probably felt like, you know what? No, this is not even. We're a better team. There's a lot that goes into the reason for the celebrations, but to have the champagne, the beer, and all the stuff there, it's premeditated. So you were prepared for this moment. Um, I haven't seen a ton of Philly celebration. I don't know if you guys have, but did every team celebrate this early series like this? Like, did every team do the champagne and beer? Yeah, they did. I think so. It's yeah. So this is definitely a media marketing thing then, because to get the media and the marketing team on this, and I don't know who the sponsor was of the beer, what the company was. um, I, I just feel like, you know, like, most teams probably wouldn't have chose to celebrate this way. I hope the twins, because it did feel like they were like, like picking on a mod. I saw a mod get dumped on while he's trying to do an interview. I'm guessing Reggie probably got a couple of those. I, I saw some other media members in the background and the players are dumping on them. So I hope they were uh, um, like really just having fun in the situation, not feeling like the job is done uh, because that's what I worry about. I worry about the over celebration. Like, I, I don't know if you guys ever remember this clip, uh, but I think it was like a championship and Kobe Bryant and he just kind of like wasn't so, Oh no, no, no. It was Tom Brady. And I think it was after the Buccaneers and he just kind of like, they won everybody celebrating Tom Brady's like at his locker, like packing up, like, all right, man, I got to get ready for next season. Like I'm trying to win again. And, and that's the mentality I feel like in an early series, like, like, yeah, have some beer, have some champagne, do, and then just sit down and get ready for Houston. So my, my thought behind this too, and talking about uh, Barreros, Barreros, I can't say that. Barreros, uh, Barreros, yeah. sorry. Um, I, I do understand that when you walk somebody and as a coach, you're like, do I let them walk two people? Do I let them walk three people? At what point should I pull them? That's the sad thing about it's like location, where, where, what, what pitch is called and where did it hit? Um, do you feel like he can continue or is this going to be like, we don't want to let it go? And it was a tough, you know, like you said, one walk and you get pulled. I think the twins, not say got a gift, but maybe that was a little bit of a gift. Maybe that was a coach overthinking the situation. Coaches have lost games. We know this by pulling guys, putting guys in that shouldn't be in there, switching batters, switching lineups. And then all of a sudden we're like, why didn't you just leave this guy there? Why didn't you leave him batting fourth? Like you put him at seventh and look what he did. If he was fourth, he could have did more damage. And so for the twins heading to to, to Houston, the biggest thing is going to be this first game. How do they handle Justin Verlander? Is Justin Verlander on his stuff? Can these bats come alive? And then can the defense? I think these are going to be knockout, drag out games, I hope. And if it is, it's going to come down to like one or two runs at the end. Who's going to have that stamina to go down in? So I hope they got a lot of rest. Uh, Reggie talked about what that locker room atmosphere was like, an amount of beer and champagne. I hope they're rested because they're going to need it. Houston, we have liftoff. I saw that. But I don't want to see that Houston. We have a problem <laughs> because if it's if it's like getting if it's becoming a problem, you're gonna see this fandom in Minnesota change quick. Now, how many games do they get at home? Two in Houston. Yep. Then 
two in Minnesota if necessary, because if Houston sweeps, then it's only one game here. Yep. Uh, and then the game five back in Houston. So, and that's the key. In my opinion, you got to steal one. This is the old basketball adage. Steal one in Houston, and then you got to finish it off at home. You don't want to go back to Houston. Like, you don't want to go back. Steal one in Houston and then try to finish them off at home. This weather here is going to be favorable to the Twins over the Houston Astros players. Even though everybody's used to weather at this point, if you play professional baseball, you're, you're prepared to travel. But at the end of the day, your blood, your body is built for that. All you guys know this. Reggie, you know this. You can go to Mexico for like 10 days and then come back to Minnesota and like 50 degrees in Minnesota. You're like, oh, my God, it's freezing. And then you stay here for a little bit, and then you get 50, you're like, oh, man, this is great weather. So you can say whatever you want. Houston gets smoking hot. So hopefully, too, coming to Minnesota, those bones are going to be a little bit tighter. That recovery the next day is going to be a little bit harder, but the Twins players are ready for that. So I say you got to steal one. You got to steal one, and the hope is the first one, so you put that pressure on them. But that's where I go with this. Uh, two quick, One quick one for you guys, too, about baseball before we jump over into these uh, Vikings Chiefs. Uh, in your opinion, what do the Twins have to – even if the Twins lose, do you feel like people still have hope? Or is this like a must-win series since they've already got people's hopes up now? No, I, it's tough. I wouldn't say it's must-win because I think people realize, like, hey, this is the Houston Astros. Like, they just won it all last year. Mm -hmm. Like, I think anything beyond this would be gravy. I think fans are hopeful. But I don't know that they're like, oh, this is must win. I mean, you you, you don't mess this up. <laughs> you know, I, I just feel like they they did something that hasn't been done in 21 years. Like right. there were people at the ballpark. Um, uh, one of my friends, Andrea Graham, was down at the ballpark. And she was like, yeah, I haven't seen a Twins team win a playoff game since I was in elementary school. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like. Yeah, I like, saw Dave Schwartz thing. posted something talking about everybody in this nobody in this car was born besides one person <laughs> the last time the twins won a playoff series. It's just like that's that and you know, like you don't want to like settle for that because you know championships should be the expectation. But right. I feel like it's just all gravy at this point. So the movie with the Boston Red Sox, wasn't it 18 years since they had won award series when uh Drew Barrymore did that movie with um Jimmy Fallon? So that, I believe that was before the World Series win in 04 and, or was it 03? 04, I think. Um, and that was a like a hundred years. Oh, like was the drought was like a hundred years. Oh, wow. okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So not that bad then. Not that Could bad. be worse. <laughs> Could be worse. I mean, the, the Red Sox were winning series all the time. They just couldn't win the win World the Series. One. Right. The Twins okay. are just completely skunked. So maybe, maybe because Netflix had Kirk Cousins, maybe there's some producer out there that's following the twins now. We're going to have a twins movie with Taylor Swift, Jennifer <laughs> Lopez, A-Rod, and then the twins win. Hey, that would be a hey, great one. A-Rod was calling the game. Maybe and wasn't in their movie too. I didn't realize this too. Somebody said there was like a twins movie where the kid, uh, Henry Bungarmer or whatever, the, the pit, the, the manager or something. Remember little big league, like, little big league. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Like his that the mom of that kid, her son is actually in the big leagues now from that movie. Or sorry, sorry, the actress that played yeah. the mom of the wow. kid that was the twins manager, her son's in the big leagues now. So they're like, if you want to feel old, but also, hey, there's there's a lot of signs pointing to the twins maybe making this happen, but we'll see. 
Twins Astros tomorrow. Uh, what time's the first pitch, Reggie? 3.30. 3.30 tomorrow on a Saturday. So you get to watch Twins, and you get to talk Gophers. We're going to talk Gophers towards the end of the show, so stick around for that. But we got to move on, Sam. What you got for us? All right, we got to talk Vikings Chiefs. Uh, oddly, kind of overshadowed by this, this Twins run. But this is a <laughs> big game. Vikings and Chiefs, it's the defending champions. Their first time ever facing Patrick Mahomes. That is crazy. First time ever facing Patrick Mahomes. Um, and I'm wondering how the Vikings get this done. Let me give you a couple theories mm-hmm. on how the Vikings can pull this upset. Um, you ever looked at the Chiefs' third down percentage? How they just demoralize you by staying on the field? converting big third downs. There's nothing more demoralizing than when an offense continually can claw out of these bad situations. And the Chiefs under Mahomes, get a load of this, third down percentage in the Mahomes era, third, 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 first, second, third. They're on average 48, 49%. So they're they're about a 50% third down percentage team. If the Vikings can hold them to about 30% on third downs, I like their chances. Get Mahomes off the field. It is so disheartening when you've got him in third and 12, and then a quarterback can wiggle free and extend the play and then run for a first down or connect with somebody on a broken play. And Mahomes does that better than anybody. Got to get off the field on third down. Maybe you put a spy. Maybe Ivan Pace Mm. is your designated spy of Patrick Mahomes, and he just follows him everywhere, mm. watching his eyes, locked in, mano a mano. Secondly, I'm really intrigued about what Brian Flores does from a blitz standpoint because I've looked at the blitz numbers for Mahomes when he's under pressure. I'm not saying he he's below average by any means, but he becomes mortal when he is under pressure. Like last year, for instance, he was number one quarterback rating when he was kept clean. 10th in quarterback rating under pressure previous year, 7th when kept clean, 10th under pressure previous year again, 4th versus 13th. So he Mm. does become a little more normal when he's pressured. So can you blitz him smartly and get his timing off? They kind of did this against Herbert, didn't really work. Will they do it against Mahomes? If you can fluster him a little bit and keep him contained, I think you've got a chance to capitalize. Those are my recipes for beating the Chiefs. Mm, Reggie. My recipe is uh, pray to Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, of the Latter-day Saints. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, you know, what's interesting is this offense has shown that they can compete with anybody. And that was something that Justin Jefferson said yesterday um, in his weekly session with the media. He was just saying like, hey, we could put up points we can score. We just have to stop turning the ball over and we have to stop minimizing and we have to minimize the mistakes. And honestly, he's the type of dude that on third down or third and long or whatever the case may be, you can always look to him. I was watching some of the uh, Carolina Panthers uh, game tape yesterday. And whenever they got into a situation like Kirk Cousins didn't have like the biggest game. But whenever they got into a situation where they needed a play, mm-hmm. Justin Jefferson was there. He was always ready and willing to make a play. 
and he was basically the offense in that game. He's basically unstoppable. Hmm. They did an interview with uh, Jamar Chase in, in Cincinnati earlier this week, and he's been kind of frustrated because he hasn't been getting his touches, hasn't scored at all this season yet. And he's like, I'm always open. You know, classic wide receiver line, right? <laughs> but Justin Jefferson is actually always open. And so I think what's been frustrating watching this Vikings team is like, they just don't get the ball in their playmakers' hands enough. And then you see some weird, erroneous turnover that just derails the drive. If they can somehow minimize that, and if Brian Flores can actually get pressure like he did in that second half against the Panthers, they may have a chance. But if they can't get any type of pressure on Patrick Mahomes, he's just going to chop them up. Mm -hmm. And it may be a long day. I kind of made a prediction last week that it would be 34-20 Chiefs. But I feel like the Vikings could definitely make it a game. And everything we saw from them playing the Jets, I know the Jets defense is different than the Vikings defense. But the Chiefs have looked a little mortal at times this year. It wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility to see the Vikings pull the upset, but it's going to take a near perfect game from them. Yeah. Um, one, I agree, Reggie. Um, I know CJ Ham is a devout Christian. I know Kirk Cousins is a devout Christian. So um, I know it's that Sunday morning, uh, since it's a 325 game, they're going to get up. They're going to get a little church that morning. They're going to get a little chapel. Um, Minnesotans, all you guys going to church before the game. Hey. Reggie hit it the best. It's okay to pray for trivial things because Jesus knows your heart. So never <laughs> feel like you can't pray for a Vikings win. Pray for everybody to be healthy when they leave the stadium. Pray for no injuries. We don't want Patrick Mahomes leaving. We want everybody. We want this to be a legit win because if you beat the Chiefs without Chris Jones, without Travis Kelsey, like the Lions did, people are going to always asterisk that Chiefs win for the Lions. We don't want that for the Minnesota Vikings. We want to beat them at full strength. Sam, you brought up a great point. So I was looking through third downs before anyway mm -hmm. on a Monday, Tuesday. And here's the weird thing about the Vikings. The Vikings are the number one offense in the NFL right now on third and nine plus. They've converted. And so people are like, oh, they've only done it twice. They've had this over 12 times. Over 12 times they've been in third and nine plus and they've converted 50% of the time. They are number one. Mm. Chiefs, not too far behind them at number four. This is where it changes. By the way, the Jets are absolutely terrible. The Jets on third and zero to four, 15% conversion rate. They've averaged 2.2 wow. yards to go and they cannot get it. 2.2 yards to go on third and zero to four. They are 15. They are so bad. The next closest worst team is 40% on, on third down and zero to four. Like, how can you be that bad and that far off the delta? But it's not about the Jets. It's about, but this is why I say that. The Chiefs, if they had played a Jets team that could find some way to just convert third downs, they lose that game. The Minnesota Vikings aren't bad. The Minnesota Vikings, when you look at them on third and zero to four, they're right in with the pack. 50% of the time, they convert zero to four. 50% of the time, they convert uh, nine plus. 
this is a decent third down offense for the Minnesota Vikings. And so if the Chiefs allow that, if they allow the Vikings to matriculate, my 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 key to this win, you got to be able to sustain 12 to 15 play drives. Kevin O'Connell to me is like Riverboat Ron. He's a gambler. And if you watched that game last night, Sam Howe is legit. Eric Bieniemy's offense is legit. Yes. Their kicker is problematic. If he makes one of those kicks, this game is different. And the and the uh, Washington football team or commanders, I guess we got to call them, would not have been in that situation. So why do I say all this to say the Minnesota Vikings offense has those similar traits of what Riverboat Ron, but the big difference is Kevin O'Connell has to understand the Chiefs defense is not the Bears. The Bears defense is bad. It just went their way with some of these fluke plays like DJ Moore's long touchdown. That was just luck. That was a DB taking a gamble and DJ Moore stabbing it. So how can Kevin O'Connell do that? Slow the game down. Understand by you being on the field for 15 to 12, 12 to 15 plays, you're taking the hands away from their best weapon, which is Patrick Mahomes. Now receivers, receivers have only caught two touchdowns for these Chiefs, two. You got to stop Travis Kelsey. After Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes is trying to figure out what to do. If you let Travis Kelsey, who's a bona fide wide receiver, so when he lines up off this tackle, he's not a tight end. He's not going to try to block and hold up. He's not going to try to be in pass protection. He is simply there to run the route and get somebody in the box to have to cover him. I hope, and I think, I don't know if Reggie, you said it, or Sam, you said, what is Brian Flores going to do? I hope when he blitzes, he understands that Travis Kelsey is in the route. Don't ever blitz thinking like, I'm trying to beat Travis Kelsey, the blocker, because he's not trying to block you. He's going to maybe give you a chicken wing, and then he's hoping that whoever saw him start to block takes his vision off him for a half a second, and then he's gone somewhere to the flat, or he's gone on like a little deep or a shallow over route. If you can keep your eyes on him, so you spy, Sam, I love the idea. You spy these two guys. You have Ivan Pace spy Patrick Mahomes. We've seen this. We did it with Eric uh, Kendricks, mm -hmm. and it works. You spy him with, uh, with Ivan Pace, and then you spy Travis Kelsey with the guy who can play cornerback but play safety in Cam Bynum. You have another guy in Josh Metellus that can play safety who's been playing a ton of safety. You let those two, him and Harrison Smith, play safety, you make Cam Bynum the nickel. And you let him cover the tight end and spy. He can support in the run. I think hand-to-hand -hand combat. Travis Kelsey has a little bit of an advantage if they actually do run the ball. But I would rather them try to run the ball than pass the ball. Isaiah Pacheco is a home run hitter. But if they're not getting away with holds, they're not going to have it. So you got to hit them in the mouth. You can't give him those lanes because they will run the draw play a lot with Pachenko because if they feel like you're just blitzing, they're going to try to run. Hey, run, but don't let them beat you with the big play. I think that's the secret to success to beating the Chiefs. We'll see because at the end of the day, like Mike Tyson said, and I feel like Patrick Mahomes Mike Tyson, you get all the, all the plans you want. And when I punch you in the mouth, what's your plan? So when Patrick Mahomes comes out and, swing and throws a haymaker, I hope the Vikings have a comeback for it because he's going to throw one. He's definitely going to throw one, and, and we're probably going to get Taylor Vision at somewhere in somebody's house. Like, she's going to be somewhere watching a game, and somebody's going to snap a picture. Taylor Swift watching Travis Kelsey on TV. Oh, look at this. And then the NFL's going to run with this. Tra look at Taylor Swift watching us on TV. Hey, Taylor. All the announcers are going to bring that up. Like, oh, Taylor's watching me. Let me talk about Taylor. Like, let it go. Please, let it go.
Anyway, time to move on. Uh, FanDuel, everybody loves FanDuel. Coming up, we're going to have our locks. So every week, we've all been pretty close. I was one quarter away from that four-quarter parlay. So mad about that first quarter for the Vikings or Panthers. But before we get to our locks, we've got a word from our sponsors. And it is FanDuel that I'm going to tell you about. FanDuel is America's number one sports book because they've got so many fun ways to wager. Dozens of options on every single NFL game. We've been telling you about them every single week, and we're about to again. This is the new promotion. If you want to get involved at FanDuel, new customers, bet $5 on any wager, get 200 in bonus bets. Guaranteed, whether you win or lose, bet 5 and then get 40 times your money in bonus bets, win or lose. So if you've been thinking about getting in on the action at FanDuel, there's no better time as the NFL hits week five. The season is going fast. We're already a quarter of the way through. Very easy to use FanDuel Sportsbook app or go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. Bet the spreads, bet the player props, the over-under on rushing yards, the over-under on passing yards, receiving yards, first-time touchdown, anytime touchdown, the last person to score, the first person to score. Um, so many ways to wager. Over-unders, futures, so much more. FanDuel, an official partner of the National Football League. Check it out today. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Mm. Well, it's time to jump into our lock, Sam. Kick it off. What's your lock of the game? All right. I, I've got one that is pro-Chiefs and then a secondary one that is uh, pro-Vikings, both involving the quarterback. Patrick Mahomes, over-under rushing yards, 23 and a half. That's like two good scrambles. Hmm. Um, and I think, he, I think he'll figure out a way to get it. I just, I, I've watched enough Vikings games to know that <laughs> twice in this game, Patrick Mahomes will find a way to agonizingly escape trouble get out of the clutches of Daniil Hunter and run for 12 yards. And he's going to do that a couple times. I think that's going to be an over on Mahomes rushing yards. But I also like Kirk Cousins' ability to bounce back from a game where he made some mistakes, a couple interceptions. Hmm. I think that Cousins brings his A game in this one. He usually doesn't string clunkers together. <coughs> Pardon me. So I've got Kirk Cousins not throwing an interception at plus 100. Mm. So you bet 100, you get 100. It's as easy as that. No picks for Captain Kirk. Mm. Reggie. So I think I will go. You know, we didn't hear a whole lot from this guy last week. First touchdown score, TJ Hawkinson plus 1,200. I'll take that. Ooh. I'll take that. I, I'd like to see it. I think it happens. Just mm. we I we didn't get the we didn't get to see the tight end involved too much in what they were doing on offense last week. And I think that changes mm. on Sunday. So give me that. I'm gonna go with what the people have been betting the most on right now. Hundred or sorry, almost three hundred people have placed this bet this morning. Anytime scores. I'm just gonna go all touchdowns. Last week it was all all with the uh the, the quarter wins every Vikings had to win every quarter I'm gonna go with the anytime touchdown score and I know I think Isaiah Pacheco is gonna screw me over on this one but Isaiah Pacheco's in this one and it gives you the best odds I'm all about the odds for 10 bucks people you can win 182 dollars and 10 cents plus 1821 you got Justin Jefferson Travis Kelsey TJ Hawkinson so going with Reggie's guy and Isaiah Pacheco are Anytime 
touchdown scores. Now, if you want to make it even saucier, you could change that and make TJ Hawkinson the first down touchdown score, and then Isaiah, Travis, and Justin the anytime touchdown score. So you could double up. You could take Reggie's lock and the current lock on locked, uh, or sorry, on FanDuel right now. Just look under SGP, which is same game parlay, and you can get the anytime bets. But the anytime touchdown scores, four people, Justin, Travis, Isaiah, and TJ, plus 1821. I think that's going to happen. I think there's going to be a shootout of a game. I know TV wants it at the 325 spot. Uh, they, they want everybody to tune in, but they want it to be a great game, hopefully, where you got two high-powered offenses. And this is other thing I don't think people have noticed, and it's because they're winning. Andy Reid, without enemy, uh, his offense looks very, like, I don't know, weird. I don't know if it's me. I don't know if it's Taylor Swift is taking so much energy away from us, but the offense doesn't look like what it looked like last year. The, the Washington Commanders, if you watch them, that offense is moving. Like, they move the ball around. There's wide open guys. Terry McLaurin is killing it with the deep overs. I mean, but Sam Howell's just putting the ball in spots. So I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on with the Chiefs. And I hope it continues to not go on. I don't know whatever it is. So I think that's my my lock. But we got to move on. Last topic. What you going to say, hey, Ron? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've got I, – I punched in your suggestion to make TJ Hawkinson the first touchdown scorer and then Kelsey Jefferson Pacheco anytime. Yep. The payout goes from 182 to one thousand one hundred forty-one dollars and seventy-two cents, just by making TJ the first touchdown score. Oh man, you heard oh, it here first. Oh wow, people. that that could first. be a good parlay there. Somebody, I love TJ, those two when people it. when people put the slip and then it starts, it almost hits, and then people are standing by their TV waiting to scream. Also, it's funny to me too is the people that record themselves. It's like, so did you record yourself? Like somebody just did that about uh, Puka Nakua's girlfriend's celebration. She videotaped herself because she's an influencer. Everybody was like, so did she just record herself every game up until now? <laughs> like <laughs> she said, she record herself game. after the fact? Like, like every time they got in the red zone, she's like, all right, get the camera out. Let's go. Let's see. Ah, week one. And then week four comes up. Yeah. Oh my god, my baby! Oh my god! You know, and the sports center tweets it out, and then they all post it, and it's like, come on now! Like, did you record that? And then you go back and say, okay, he scored. Let's okay, let's do it. Let's all sit here and let's act like it's the first time we're seeing this. Like, I always wonder about those reaction ones, like the field Same. goals at the end of games, uh, the big moments in games. I'm like, who pulls out their phone to record somebody during the actual game? But I'm not going to go in on that. But I will say though, people. If TJ Hawkinson scores the first touchdown, Jefferson Jeff, Justin Jefferson scores, Isaiah Pacheco scores, because when they get in the red zone, they do hand the ball off, and it could be a pass or a run. So that's a cool thing about the Isaiah Pacheco. It doesn't say a rushing touchdown. It just says because he does get passes out the back from the swing route. We saw that a couple times. And then Travis Kelsey in the red zone. That's going to make you want to pull that phone out because if Travis Kelsey gets in the red zone and the entire, like everybody's, even Vikings people that might bet this are screaming, just throw it to Travis Kelsey. Like, we don't care. You're going to score anyway. Pay me. What does it say on a uh, $1,841.72. $1, wow. That could be a good one, people. That could be a good one. But those are our locks. Uh, Really quick, we got a last one. We got to jump over to the Minnesota Gophers. Here's the thing about the Gophers, man. There's a lot going on in college sports right now. Uh, Everybody saw Utah with the NIL. Uh, there's a ton of P.J. Fleck made the comment about NIL and being a AAA ball club. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit next week with me and Sam. Um, But the, the the whole NIL conversation and AAA ball club, he was re referencing Bucky Irving because uh, he referenced him on the P.J. Flex show. He didn't say by name. 
He just said there was a running back that was here that left and he should be here right now. Bucky Irving, clearly, is what he's talking about. Um, and and I and I do understand the whole thought behind it. By the way, Utah, those are just leases for six months, but who cares? It's a six-month lease for a car. Like, who cares? Like, these kids get to drive around campus for six months in a brand new truck if you're on scholarship. So imagine those non-scholarship players. They're, they were over there like, this is BS. I don't can I get a can I get a Ford Explorer or something or a Toyota Tracel? Like, can I get something? I know you can't give me the pickup truck, but can I get something out the out the lot? No, you're walk on. Sorry, scholarship players only. And so when I talk about that, Michigan has the NIL. We know that. Theirs is not as focal. They don't or vocal. Sorry, they don't talk about it as much, but it's there. So you got the powerhouse of Michigan walking into Huntington Bank Stadium. Gophers are going to be donned in all maroon. Michigan, my guess, is going to go all white. This is going to be a clash between two coaches that a lot of people don't like. Let's be honest. A lot of people don't like P.J. Fleck. Some people do. Some people think he's too worthy. A lot of people don't like Harbaugh. Why? Because he's Harbaugh. Like, he's just who he is. People hate him, but they're number two. This is the quietest number two team in the country. Everybody right now is talking about Georgia. They're talking about Notre Dame. They're talking about Texas. Michigan kind of becomes an afterthought because of the conference and because of who they've played. So that's the one thing that Minnesota can look at is, yeah, they, they haven't had a, a, a true schedule where you can feel like, okay, this team's been tested. So my thought with this, to beat Michigan, Minnesota has to do what they do best. Darius Taylor has to be healthy. Hopefully he is. Zach Evans has to get going. If P.J. Fleck runs the ball 50 times, I'm here for it. As a receiver, I hate it. But as a guy that's going to be on the sidelines Saturday night, I'm super excited too because it's a game I can actually get out to. I can sit on the sideline and, and watch, and then I'm going to do the post game right after myself, Kane, Rob. Um, we're going to talk about what we saw, good or bad. But this is what the Gophers need to do. Bleed the clock out. Do not let J.J. McCarthy get back in the middle. I think the Gophers and the Vikings have a similar situation. You're facing two offenses that you got to keep off the field. But the Gophers do have a true run game. They have a true run game with Darius Taylor II and Zach Evans. Run the ball. Your motto is RTB. That's run the ball. That's roll the boat. That's responsibility. Trust. I mean, it's there. Everything's there. Yep. The ball is the program. Just run the ball. What do you think, Reggie? Again, <laughs> if there's a special Saturday service. <laughs> <laughs> Pray, pray <laughs> without ceasing because this might get ugly. What what did that, the, the Lil Wayne uh, um, lyric, he's like, it's about to get nasty, pork rinds. I don't know what the two have to do with either, but uh, that that's, that's really what I feel like is about to happen. I think it's about to get nasty. And I hate that, that the Gophers um, kind of blew it in a, a few of their games that they should have had chances to win and, and they've lost now because now it just seems like the season might be getting away a little bit from what their their um, expectations were. We're going to have to see Ethan Kaliak manage channel like Patrick Mahomes this weekend. Like, you're talking about running the ball. We haven't seen the type of game from Ethan that – gives us confidence that he is going to be like a dude. And I think this is the type of game where, you know, not that you want to get into a shootout with, with the number two team in the country, but you know, JJ McCarthy is, 
basically what you would hope that Ethan could be at some point. And it's time for him to show it. It's time for him to show it, man. It, it, this is the this is the time under the bright lights against the number two team in the country. Like, I, I'm I'm sure PJ's pregame message is going to go a little bit something like this. Don't y'all go out here and embarrass me. <laughs> and that's it. All right, let's go. All right, you guys, you know, go go do your thing. Like that's probably what we're going to see. So I don't know, man. I it might get ugly out there. I'm just hoping that we see some type of competitive nature and it's not like, you know, water released onto the field. They're rowing the boat, but they're actually drowning because they're they're just out there getting whooped. So we'll see, but they, they need to pray. Is it too early? Do we want to start the prayer call right now? Got to get the prayer circle. <laughs> <laughs> what you got, Sam? Yeah, I, I, it's, it's all about Ethan. Ethan's got to have the best game of his career. And historically, in his first two seasons, when he is asked to throw in volume, the results have not been great. Um, He's thrown more than 20 times in only four games. And in those four games, he went 9 of 22 at Penn State. They got whooped, 41% completion. Um, 19 of 29 at Wisconsin, they won that game because they ran the ball really well and they'll have to run it well again. As Ron said, that's the one kind of good example where Ethan was pretty productive. Then at Nebraska earlier this year, threw it 44 times, only 55%. And at UNC 29 times, 38% completion percentage. So the accuracy goes down, the more you're asking of Ethan. So I like Ron's mindset. You are going to, ha- you have to run the ball effectively. You can't put it all on Ethan's shoulders um, and ask him to throw it 40 times. I, I feel like you need to score in the 30s, though, in this game. Michigan hasn't scored less than 30 this year, and I think they're probably going to put up a big number. So you got to keep pace somehow, uh, whether that's on the ground or through the air. Preferably on the ground, though, because I we haven't seen Ethan win a game with his arm really at all in his career. But yeah, Sam, I mean, Ethan hasn't really had a true signature moment yet this year. Uh, you think about the 44 throws to start the year off. Everybody's like, oh, this is going to be a passing team. Get... And then four weeks in a row, <laughs> you got the Big Ten <laughs> freshman of the week that's a running back. So I feel like this could be another game to kind of put this run game on the map. Why? You look at Ariante Ursary. Uh, you look at Nathan Bow. This is a team that has some hogs. You look at what 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 has he not done uh, that, that we need him to do this season? which is Brevin Span forward. Well, you're 6'7", 270 pounds, 260. Maybe just make them an extended blocker. Like spread them out, make them think you're going to throw the ball, throw it a couple times, and then shrink them back down and then run the ball because now they've gone nickel. Maybe they put a safety on, on Brevin. And that's what they haven't do. They haven't forced teams to play Brevin like a, 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 like a Gronkowski or, or like a Travis Kelsey. Like you have to make him viable. By the way, for those wondering what, what song Reggie's talking about, it's "I'm Single" by Lil Wayne. Uh, it, it, it's 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 a it's a slow jam, Lil Wayne Drake collab. And he's saying, for those that like pork rinds, sorry, he's saying he doesn't like pork rinds, and so pork rinds are nasty. So he just had to rhyme something with grind, and so it was pork rinds, and so he just went, "It's about to get nasty, pork rinds." Like it, he just doesn't <laughs> like. <laughs> He don't like pork rinds, so he had to make it work. Everybody knows, like somebody said, like Eminem. I remember Eminem. Somebody asked him on an interview, like, "What about uh, um, 
uh, orange. He's like, oh, I can rhyme orange. He's like, syringe. And the guy was like, wait, what? He's like, it's just how you say it. <laughs> so Lil Wayne wanted to go pork rinds. It's about to get nasty. Pork, pork rinds. Like he could have said anything else. Like he could have said, I don't know, cauliflower. Like if the if the word was shower, it's about to get nasty. Cauliflower. Like <laughs> probably didn't have the same connotation, but yeah, pork rinds. I don't know. Do you guys even like pork rinds before we move on to this last one? When I, I had keto, that was like my snack of choice. Okay, so that's why you didn't like the Lil Wayne role. What, what did you think, Seth? You like them? Yeah, I don't know if I even have an opinion on pork rinds. I went to Baltimore last night and got pork shank. That was very good. That's but I don't think that's the same thing. Yeah. No. Pork rinds are like chips, and it's yeah, I've never been know. a fan of them. I Dude, don't know. Maybe you need uh, some water, too. Like Those <laughs> things, it's worse than like a Popeye's biscuit. Like It, will, it will choke you. Because I, I just remember uh, I always hated pork rinds because of uh, Al Bundy, uh, married with kids. Like it, it, he always, it was always so gross. Like his car and his house reminded me of pork rinds because they would every once in a while that was like a snack he would grab. And so I just, ugh, I just always had that vision of like ah pork rinds. But I also don't like a lot of snacks that I saw on that show. And so like there's things that I don't like that probably are good. And I'm just like nope. I saw I saw Peggy Bundy making that. Like I don't I don't want that. Like roast or not roast beef, but um. Pot roast, like never been a fan because that was the meal she would always try to make or meatloaf. Like I've never been a meatloaf person. Same thing because she always made meatloaf. So I don't know. I just it just run me the wrong way. Uh, but I will say Claire Huxtable with those uh, cakes and the Cosby deal when, when Cliff bought her 15 cakes. I've always wanted to try one of those. I don't know. Maybe it's Claire Huxtable. I was a big fan of Claire Huxtable. But everybody, <laughs> we got we got we want you guys to know you can get your favorite Minnesota sports talk around the clock with Locked On Sports, Minnesota's 24-7 YouTube live stream. Watch your favorite hosts talking nonstop Vikings, Wolves, Twins, Wild, and Gophers. Subscribe for free on Locked On Sports Minnesota's YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube. You just have to have the email address and hit the follow and subscribe button, and you'll have it. Well, really quick before we get out of here, fellas. Make our final predictions. Pick one. Vikings, Chiefs, Gophers, Michigan, or Twins, Astros. Start with you, Reggie. You mean like pick one? Like Just pick one of the has... games. You Yep. Who you want to uh, make a final prediction of score? One of those games. Just pick pick whatever one you think you got the best odds on. I'll go Gophers, 44-13. Lost oh, my gosh. Oh, what a oh, downer. Wow. Get out of wow. here. I've Come got on, the man. Twins clinching the ALDS in game four Wednesday at target field there's some positivity uh, reggie that's man. how you drop the mic i got the gophers okay. upset in michigan 24 to 21 what? i also I, i'm okay. gonna go vikings over chiefs 21 to 17 that's I'll, it that's it 21 17 so I that's think. like the greatest sports weekend in minnesota football history <laughs> if that happens no i gotta go let me go let me go 31 to 28 that way the parlays can hit 31, okay, speaking of parlays, hold on, hold on. Let's get the parlay of Vikings and Gophers both winning this weekend. Before we go, let's just see what the so Vikings money line and then Gophers money line, which, by the way, Gophers money line winning outright is going to be insane. Come on, give it to me. Top 25. Da, da, da. Gophers are plus 740 on the money line. The parlay, betting 10 pays $208. There you go. $208. Gophers, Vikings, double wins. You got the Twins even tomorrow. Let's just make it a whole Minnesota weekend. Let's go all three. If we can sweep all three, the, the Mavericks lost to the Timberwolves. Hey, we might be in an alternate universe if that happens. But I'm Rod Johnson. <laughs> That's Reggie Wilson. I'm a big Avengers fan, so I'm all for 
alternate universes. Uh, that's Sam Ekstrom. If somebody has the stones, they have the way to go back and ask Thanos to just snap something away, like snap the Herschel Walker trade. I don't know where the bad luck started, but somebody get with Iron Man, go back in the past, change something up. I don't know what we need to change up. I don't know if we need to tell Stefan Diggs it's okay, be happy. I don't know because we wouldn't have Justin Jefferson. There's so much you can mess with because the butterfly effect, we've all seen that happen. At the end of the day, whatever it takes to get a Vikings, Gophers, Twins, victory this weekend somebody go back and find that time machine and do it michael j fox we need you hey jesus we need you even more i'm ron johnson again that's sam action reggie wilson this is locked on sports minnesota have a great weekend